If you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. you got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush. Welcome to Artists of New England with your host, Laura Castaneri-King. And I'm here again with Margaret Sheldon as co-host. Welcome, Margaret. Well, good morning. Yes, we have sun today on the, the East Coast. We do, as opposed to yesterday and tomorrow. But I know. that's okay. Yes, it is okay. We have lots of snow, which is gorgeous, too. Today, we have a lovely guest, Robin Thompson-Duong from Boston, Mass. Welcome, Robin. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, it's, it's so exciting. I love to find people on Instagram, love their work, and, and look into who are they and where are they, and <laughs> delighted to find you, although you're not in Boston today, so tell us. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in Boston. I'm actually in Barbados. Ah! enjoying this lovely weather right now. <laughs> Love it. Yeah. I wish our guests could see you because even the quality of the light in her room yes. is warmer than the different. light we light have here. It really is. Yeah. And the smell, I have these like flowers outside of my window. It's just uh, lovely. <laughs> I remember that. <laughs> you remember Don't worry, just a, what, a few more months and we'll get back to summer. Oh, well, that would be challenging. Yes. So um, we'll, we'll talk a lot about all different areas, but I always like to get started with um, finding out from your childhood, what was your, your earliest re- remembrance of anything artistic that drew you in to the field of art? Um, I remember being in elementary school and being like, very interested in just the art supplies colors and you know I I loved I had this pencil case that I would carry around with me but I never used any of the things you know like it was special it was precious um and then I remember having to do this some book report or something I don't even remember what grade it was it must have been like second grade third grade it was I was really young and I I did a book report on Mary Cassatt and I I don't even know how I found her who, who like introduced me to her but I just fell in love with her and her work and I was like oh I want to do that I want to be a painter and my great-grandmother was actually a painter um she you know like she would do it um as a hobby so she would have her easel and her and her paints and she kept them in her car and when she saw you know some scene she would stop and paint and so my mother and, and um, my aunts and some cousins and stuff, they have some of her paintings. So I always saw those and I kind of feel like a, she's my kindred spirit, right? I never got to meet her oh, okay. she died before I was born. But so um, that's like my earliest memory of. Um, but you knew young, you knew very young. I knew, yeah, I knew, I always just always knew. That's one that, that I and- loved and wanted to do. I love that your great-grandmother was out, Margaret, plein air painting, right? Look at that. Yeah. <laughs> I'm telling you, you just like fulfilled every fantasy I have. It's like, you know, I have a granddaughter who's five and she says when she grows up, she wants to be a painter. And I'm like, yes. 
Yes. Oh, yeah. I have a, a six-year-old who, the same thing. She's like, my mommy's an artist. And she kind of brags about it. It's really cute. Yeah. And then she'll say, I want to, I like to draw and paint too, you know. It's oh. really it's very special. <laughs> yeah, no, it's nice. And it's wonderful sort of from, you know, where I sit to think that um, the paintings are still like in your family that you, you know, you see them, your kids will see them. There's something so wonderful about those threads that go through, especially if you're lucky enough. I mean, as a woman who's a painter, you kind of think, um, I hope someone will appreciate them in a generation or two. There are days I look around my studio and I think I have got to get rid of everything. I don't want them getting their hands on. (laughs) You know, the ones that I old. It's hard though to get rid of the the old paintings, right? From your style changes and your skill level changes and you have these old paintings and you're like, oh, I should get rid of that. But then it's like, well, I don't want to get rid of it. It's part of my my history and my story. It shows my journey. Yeah. that's a that's a nice idea. I personally am far too vain, and I say out with the bad. <laughs> I want them to think I was born painting <laughs> at my at my best. But oh, that's pretty good. That's a pretty great way to lead into it. Yeah. yeah. Any special any special teacher that stood out for you as a young um, person or high school? I mean, I had a lot of. Um, great teachers, actually. I, I grew up in, um, in Marshfield, mm-hmm. um, South Shore of Massachusetts, and um, pretty good school system. I had my, the first teacher that I remember that I loved was in fourth grade, uh, Miss Sullivan. Um, I don't, she didn't, um, she wasn't an art teacher, it was my classroom teacher, um, but I just loved her. She made learning fun, and it made me want to uh, do better as a student mm-hmm. um, and I, I've always kept that with me and then I remember my elementary art teacher Mrs. Martinez and she was so cool she had this crazy wonderful red hair and I, I just loved her she was so kind and um, I, I felt like she gave me special attention I don't she probably didn't <laughs> You know, she was like kind and to everyone and, and praised everyone's work, but I felt she made me feel special. So um, I, I always remember her for that. Oh, and then as I, as I got older in um, middle school and high school, I, I had some pretty good um, art teachers that I um, learned a lot from and, and they were very encouraging, mm. which led me to go to, um, to art school. I went to Syracuse University, um, or earned a BFA there. And... I remember those studios. I, I had friends who went to Syracuse. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. Long before you. But I remember, <laughs> I can remember so much about it. First of all, I remember how much snow you got. Oh my gosh, yes. Everyone at Syracuse always, the artists always said, yeah, but it's great because once you get into the studio, you're not tempted to like leave. Yeah, you're in there. The snow is I always say that, that, you know, that experience of going to Syracuse has made me a better um, driver when it comes to snow. I bet it has, <laughs> yeah. Sure. Oh my goodness, some crazy storms. Yeah. But yeah, I loved it there. They had beautiful studios. Um, and I, I didn't really know what I wanted to major in. I didn't really know, you know, I didn't have anyone 
in my family who was alive that was an artist so I was like I don't know what to what to do I didn't really know much about how to be an artist or what that would look like right mm -hmm. I always only knew the stereotypes of like the starving artist and all that <laughs> I yes. totally relate to this yes yep. so I I I went for advertising design even though it was like not really I was like uh, I, if I do that I can at least be in the creative field but I can have a nine to five job right mm -hmm. I didn't like it <laughs> by the time I was a, a junior I was like, oh, but I didn't want to, I didn't want to change my major because then I would, you know, have to go You'd back. lose credits and you were, yeah, you were on a over. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to do it and, and graduate and see what happens. But my, my real love and what I really wanted to do was painting, mm -hmm. but I just couldn't bring myself to tell my mother oh, <laughs> who wow. was, you know, paying for my school that I Lord. wanted to be a, a painter. So I did that. And then when I um, graduated, the reality of like, okay, I got to get a job. Right. So I took the first job, which was in corporate America, you know, in insurance, like, <laughs> the complete opposite of what I wanted to do. And you felt like, you know, yeah. yeah. So I did that for a few years and then I, I um, got really sick and I was diagnosed with lupus. Mm -hmm. So I, um, I had to take some time off. I was on disability. And for that time, the only thing that really made me feel good or feel like myself was drawing, painting. So it was like a aha moment. I was like, okay, I need to quit this job and, you know, do something with my degree, do something in the art field. I didn't quite know what it was. I thought art therapy, because mm -hmm. it was kind of helping me as a therapy. So I was like, okay, I, I went to um, Lesley University and speaking with like um, a few professors there, um, they kind of guided me towards teaching art. I thought that would be more of what I was looking for. And I loved it, loved the program. Uh, earned an MED there, and then I, I've been teaching for 12 years now. Mm -hmm. I got a fellowship right out of school that was like for um, educators of color in the arts field. It was like perfect. So I Tailored. did that. Yeah, it was like, okay, this is the Robin Thompson Fellowship. It was yeah. <laughs> like, I can't like, me. Yeah. <laughs> So then I, that was through Worcester Academy. I did that. I oh, taught there for like three years and then came back to Boston, um, taught at, um, in uh, Milton public schools. You did. I live in Milton. Oh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> yep. So I did that and, um, and I loved it, mm -hmm. but then I, I, I just got burnt out. I think teaching middle school, teaching? middle school. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> that takes some serious chops. I wish they have could see your, your face that you just made. Yeah, it's tough, right? They're really fun and quirky and interesting little individuals, but it's tough. It's a tough time in their life. You know that adolescent 
uh, age is just, it's difficult. So I, I'd, I'd say you, uh, you have your, car, your karmic debt is paid. <laughs> I was like, okay, you're good now. You can do whatever you want. I mean, so, middle schoolers are the toughest. They, I yeah. think they probably need the art room the most. Because, I would say so. I yeah. think so. But now, now, Robin, you look petite. And I'm asking because my daughter teaches um, junior high English in Nashville. Going. And she's also petite. Yeah, like me. I'm I'm very tall, babe, but she got the other family size. <laughs> anyway, does that make a difference with those young men? I mean, they're growing and they're suddenly taller. And, and yeah, like, I I'm actually not that petite. I'm uh, five six, so I'm you know. But to me, that's petite. <laughs> I was gonna say, Laura thinks she's tall. I'm sitting here going, oh please. <laughs> <I'm one." laughs> When you're over six feet, everyone else is petite. I'm sorry. Yeah, I guess so. But I would say I actually, um, my I had a, a, a colleague who worked right next to me. Like we had two art rooms that were conjoined, you know, just a wall separating them. And so she was petite. She was tall, shorter than me. Like, um, oh, how tall is she? Five, three, maybe or something. You know, yeah, and. Um, she would always talk about how she did feel like it was strange when the boys all of a sudden were tall because in sixth grade, they're still babies. Yeah, that's right. They come to you and they're so cute. They're little and they're like little babies. <laughs> and then by the time they're in eighth grade, yeah. they like, shot up and they're like, their voices are deep and they're like, hey, <laughs> Thompson. And it's like, whoa, <laughs> what happened? So me, I, never, I never had an issue with that. But yeah, my, my colleague would always talk about how she felt like intimidated sometimes because they were so much bigger than her. <laughs> well, I've got to say, I went to Catholic school as a kid and even the most petite of nuns could silence a classroom with a look. Yeah, <laughs> maybe, yeah. maybe I think I had the look down. Maybe it was yeah. the uniform. I don't know. But <laughs> I think that with the right personality, you know, the right person can whip a classroom into yeah. shape. I'm not saying it's, it's easy. It's um, very true. You don't need to be tall and imposing in stature. You just, you have to, it's the look. You have to have that look. That look. Sometimes you know? your daughter gives you a look. <laughs> no chink in the wall, right? You have to just sort of be impenetrable. Um, so I'm kind of curious. I have to jump in and ask because you've done, you know, you've done the school thing. You tried a, a few different jobs. You kind of narrowed your focus mm -hmm. considerably. I mean, once you're teaching art, I always wonder how an art teacher can have a practice of art because it's I would not think, easy. Yeah, I think yeah, you'd be um, exhausted. Yeah, I think and, that's what why I got burnt out and why I was like, I need to choose. And I kind of yeah. chose myself and chose, you know, my art as opposed to, you know, there's, yeah. um, but it is definitely, a, it's a lot, especially I think in public school, there's so many, you know, administrative things that need to get done. Right. And, um, and a lot of people don't understand that. You mean the day, <laughs> the day doesn't end at three and you have the summers completely yeah, free to fly in the beach? Right, right. <laughs> Even like the other, other art, other, uh, not art teachers, other teachers, administrators, they don't yeah. always understand all that goes into teaching art, the physicality of it, of like cutting paper and 
supplies and mixing and doing all the, the things that you would do. It's like, like a lab, like a science teacher has a lab. It's the same kind of thing. You have to prep for it. And it takes a lot of time, um, energy to do that. And, um, I, you know, sometimes it's, it's just a lot. And then by the time you go home and it's like, oh, I'm so tired. I don't want to even go in my studio, but you kind of force yourself to, you know, I, I, at one point I had a um, alert on my phone and it was like, go into the studio. It's time for studio. And I blocked out time to go upstairs. And luckily my husband is very, you know, uh, understanding and good with like the kids and stuff. So I, I could actually go and do that. It's but really it that while you were teaching, you were able to carve a little time out. Yeah. While I was teaching. And then I had the summers um, and one summer really kind of solidified it for me. Cause I was just painting every day, plein air oh. painting, doing a painting a day, like the little mini ones. And I was like, yeah, I was like, this is what I want to do. Like I, I really don't want to go back to teaching. <laughs> at least not in the way that I was. Right. I think teaching like a, a workshop or doing something along those lines um, is more of what I'm kind of, the, the direction I'm going towards, so. I have to say that I, I think that's not uncommon, that sort of figuring out that it's important, like there's nothing like getting into that routine that mm -hmm. you had that summer to make you, first of all, you realize that going every day, just showing up is half the battle, right? Yeah. Once you're in there. I think for so many artists, it's deciding that you don't have to clean your kitchen. You yeah. can put the dishes in the sink and they'll still be there later. <laughs> like, there at, you know, when you're done with your, your studio. There's always time. something that needs to be done. Yeah, and I mean, you true. have two young children, so I can really appreciate that. But I think as you narrow that focus and you try to figure it out, one thing, I, I don't know if anybody else feels this way. I always assume everyone agrees with me. Big mistake on my part. <laughs> but not everyone needs to teach. It's so, it's almost this expectation like, oh, you're so good at fill in the blank. Like, oh, your portraits. Oh, your, your color. Um, whatever it is. And people are like, do you teach? And I always say, go, growing up, I knew I could never teach kids because I discovered early on, I pretty much didn't like other people's children. <laughs> and once that became clear, I knew teaching was never going to be in my yeah. future. And I have to say, even now with- what about I've teaching taught, adults? Would you I've teach taught adults? a few workshops. Yeah. Thing that I will tell you, and I again, I'd be really curious if other artists would agree with this. But after you finish teaching adults, it's twice as exhausting as teaching kids. <laughs> yes. And the whole time, I mean, unless it's really going well, the whole time you're thinking, I should have been in my studio. <laughs> I, I I think that all the time though. It's always a choice, right? It's I always always think, like, oh, I should be in my studio. I should be in my studio. Yeah. I think setting your clock is brilliant. Yeah. yeah it's actually an alarm. It would go off. And yeah. I have one that beeps that says, you know, you should get up and walk around now. And I just ignore yeah. it. But if I have <laughs> <laughs> that's that's you can't ignore it. it, you have to actually go, do it. Go into the studio. <laughs> you know, I, I tell know. me this. 
All right, for a studio, now that you, you've moved, you're out of the city, you said you've, you've bought another house. I, I know where you're living. We're not going to put that on online. No, no need for the world to be at your doorstep unless you invite them. But um, are you going to have a separate studio in the new house? I do. That's one of the things that I loved about the house. It has a barn. Okay. It has this oh. awesome... Yeah, has this awesome, like huge barn because the the uh, people who lived there before us, um, he was a, an artist. He was a, a woodworker, so it's like oh. a woodworking studio. So it has a it has two floors. It's really nice. So um, you have heat out there. There's heat, but so we're trying to get the heat to work. It's propane. Oh. So we're in the process of hoping by the time we get back, I won't need to worry about it. it won't be too cold. I can still kind of yeah. work in that. Oh, so I haven't been in an actual studio space mm -hmm. um, since we moved because of the whole issue with the heat and it's cold. And, and then just the process of moving. It's, oh my God, I'm so over it. <laughs> it was like up until the, the, the day, the, day we left to come here we were still doing stuff oh you know wow. and I'm just like oh yeah. I can't wait until the we're <laughs> finally settled and everything is away and yeah so yeah. I it uh, only takes 10 or 12 years don't worry about yeah. it yeah <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know uh, no, this is from interviewing so many artists I do interview a lot of artists who who teach for 40 years before they I, yeah I can't do that no, but I mean, you have so much more going on at such a young age. I mean, the the years ahead of you is phenomenal that you've got such a, a nice early start. And it, I think I saw that you got a mass residency and creative entrepreneur fellowship program. Was that were those recent? Yes, um, it's this year. It just started um, January. So, like I said, the you know going to Syracuse as an art student. They don't teach you, I don't think any art program that I know of teaches the business of being an artist, like the entrepreneurial side of it. So I, I saw this fellowship, um, Creative uh, Entrepreneur Fellowship, the name of it, and I, I applied to it because I was like, this is perfect. This is exactly what I need. I need the business side. Um, you know, I've always worked on my craft, take... Um, classes, workshops, whatever. I, I love learning. Mm -hmm. So I'm always trying to learn more about painting or drawing. And, um, but I, I, this was the first time I saw something that was very specific to what to do. What are the things you need to know for marketing and, you know, uh, taxes and all, all these things. Contracts and contracts, like yeah. all of it, you know, so this has been, um, it just started so far. So good. Um, you know, it's, it's all virtual. <laughs> so a lot of zoom calls and things like that, but, uh, it's great. I have access to like, uh, lawyers that I can ask them questions, which normally you would have to pay, this fee and, and with the fellowship, I can ask as much as I want. And you know, that's great. great. That is amazing. And then you have a mentor that you've been working with. Is that? Any yeah. Uh, so I, I, um, my mentor, I don't know, Paul Goodnight. You, he's a 
uh, Boston artist. Um, he's awesome. I've always admired his work and I kind of know him through family, friends kind of situation. So I've taken some, some classes with him, figure drawing classes. He's amazing. Mm. And um, he teaches some courses, I believe, at the MFA. And um, I, I kind of asked him, I was like, hey, <laughs> would you mind like helping me out, like talking to me about some, some things? And, and then I got a, a fellowship through the Museum of Fine Arts um, last year. Um, which was an emerging artist fellowship. And one of the, the things that they do is give you a mentor and he happened to be the mentor. Oh, so it was nice that I already kind of knew him. Wow. Uh, that, the fellowship got cut short because of COVID. So, um, I'm, you know, didn't quite get all of the, the, uh, the parts of it, but, and I don't know if they're going to go back and, and try to, um, I don't know if they're just going to go forward with the next year. I don't know what they're going to do, but it was. Do you feel like you still have access to him? I mean, you could call him at any yeah, point. Yeah, I, I have his phone number and stuff. I called him the other day, um, but, you know, I, I, I didn't want to um, like meet up with him during, oh, yeah. you know, I was like, let's just wait. And then, the I mean, I didn't think it was going to be this long. Right. <laughs> Funny story when I, <laughs> I decided I was going to uh, not go back to teaching or at least take a year off. Right. Yeah. So I'm, I'm still trying to figure out what is going to happen in, um, in the fall. Like if I will go back or if I'll go somewhere else, I don't know yet, but I knew that I needed at least a year off. Yeah. So I, I told my school um, that I wanted to take a year off and it was like oh goodness January or something that I told them and then <laughs> February they got back to me like okay yeah that's fine and then by March it was like okay that we're not we're not gonna th there was like an announcement uh, over the the uh the school PA and it was like oh so we're gonna take a, a two-week break yeah. and I was like okay so <laughs> they're like get all your things you're not going to be back here for like two weeks so I was like okay we'll see what happens then it was uh okay we're going to take another we're not going to come back for the rest of the year I was like wow that's crazy and so I my time off started much sooner than I thought it was going to start but uh I did the remote teaching for that time it was just to get you know a few months um that was difficult was I like, can't even imagine very difficult because there was no training there was no set way of doing anything it was just like okay here like okay let's teach these kids on zoom now I was like oh my goodness <laughs> and you thought to yourself I'm glad I have the fall off <laughs> and I thought to myself I'm glad that I'm not going back next year because then it was you know, rumors were like, well, we're probably not going to go back next year. We're going to be doing this remote thing. And I was like, I, I, I didn't like it. Yeah. <laughs> and then I have lupus. So, you know, I yeah. really, I just couldn't do it. I, I, right. Plus you have at least one child that's probably doing school remote. Yes. Right? My so, daughter is, is remote. 
Yeah, so, they, that takes a little bit of management. On the takes, yeah, it takes a you lot. You can't sit a first grader in front of a computer and say, I'll see you at three. And it's so crazy because they expect them to be on these computers yeah. all day. Yeah. All day. I'm like, you wouldn't ask an adult to do that. Why are we asking children to be on line from nine in the morning until four o'clock in the afternoon? Like, it's just crazy to me. It's nuts. Well, so sometimes I'm like, I'll just tell the teacher, we're taking a snow day or like it snowed one day and they're supposed to have class. And I was like, yeah, no, we're going to take a snow day. <laughs> and, and what will you say now? Uh, no, she has to be on the beach. I'm sorry. Well, actually, one day we did. We said, um, we're going to go swim with sea turtles. So um, she's go write a book report. <laughs> we did. She did. We, my husband recorded it. And then when she got back to class, um, they, she presented to her class and oh. talked about her little, you know, and she's so cute in the water. She's like touching the turtles and she has goggles on. How big are they? I just want to know, are they like a foot in diameter? The sea turtles? Yeah. Are they the yeah. big ones like us? Yeah, the big ones. They're like oh. the big, giant, green, you know, they're awesome. And they were so friendly. We were feeding them. They come right up to you. So is this a park? They must have like a park. No, it was just this, um, this cruise. It's like, yeah. Oh. Well, actually the beach right down the street from us, we saw sea turtles just swimming around with us. Oh. But this was like an actual cruise. We went on a catamaran and um, there's like a guide and he, he takes you on the, you know, and he's so, he was so good with my son. He's only uh, almost four years old and he's, hesitant in the water you know huh. so he he got him right up on the raft with him and was holding him the whole time and made oh. him feel very comfortable it was nice that sounds wonderful yeah. It, yeah it was really cool you've gone from new england where it was cold and icy and you've <laughs> gone to this beautiful tropical paradise <laughs> have you been painting while you're there I have. I well, just I've only painted one day so far. So the first almost the first week we were here, we had to quarantine um, in a hotel, and that was it. I would, it was a little tough towards the end. It's getting a little stir crazy. Yeah. Luckily, we had a balcony and you could see the ocean and stuff. Um, <laughs> you can look, but you can't. Touch. Yeah, you could look. It was so frustrating. To be so close, because I literally could throw a stone oh. from the balcony into the water. Oh. And like, yeah, no, you can't. And then there was a pool right below us as well. And my kids love the pool. So I'm like, oh, my God. So by the, the last day, I think it was six days we were there, um, we were just all going crazy. Yeah. And so I didn't do any yeah. painting or I, I didn't do much of anything. <laughs> not, not nothing expected that's what i have to say i just stay sane. yeah yeah but here um you know i i did kind of escape for a little bit a couple of days and and paint I actually have it behind me yeah, yeah i'm so looking little, at some color little uh very pretty yeah <laughs> yes that is not a winter sky that's for no. sure no yeah. it's very close <laughs> this, this beautiful I don't know. I just, I think it's pretty, the, the clothesline yeah. with all the clothes hanging on it. And it, and I just was like, I want to paint that. So <laughs> are you, I'm sitting right here. You're outdoors painting. I'm sorry. Say that again. Were you outdoors painting, Claire? Um, 
no, because I, there's not enough space outside and there's, you know, with the quarantine and everything. Um, I, you know, people here wearing masks and I was like, let me just take a few pictures uh -huh. and bring it back into my room here. Um, but I do love to paint outside. Yeah. Yeah, I do. Every <laughs> summer, my, me and my friend, um, Stephanie, we go and take our easels and, and we'll find like different, different parks and things and we'll just go out and paint all day. Mm -hmm. It's just fun. <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your, um, your process and materials. What medium do you paint with? Um, I use acrylics. Okay. Love acrylics. I'm not patient enough to use oil. I don't like how it's, it's just too slow drying for me. Mm. And um, especially traveling, mm. you know, I, I, as a matter of fact, this is a, a board. I usually don't paint on boards, but when you're traveling, it's so much more convenient, uh, easier to travel with. What do you um, typically use, even when you go plein air, what would you paint on? Um, stretched canvas, like little mini ones. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, and sometimes boards, depends on where I'm going and how much gear I want to, you know, <laughs> carry. <laughs> but um, my process, I use a split primary palette most of the time um, with especially landscapes and things. For my portraits, I um, typically use Zorn, a Zorn palette. Mm -hmm. um, I find it's just easier to make skin tones with that palette. Mm -hmm. um, less mixing. Right? For sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, right, there's just fewer decisions once you fewer can decisions. do that. Yeah. And I, I learned um, from painting with primaries. So I feel like that helped me um, kind of with color theory and being able to mix yeah. any color with the, you know, the primaries. Uh, I think it's a good thing to do, especially if you're just learning to paint, is to just go with primaries and really figure it out on your own instead of buying all these expensive tubes of paint that you might never use. <laughs> um, yeah, but I, I do thumbnail sketches. Um, I typically do like a little value map first. Mm -hmm. um, sometimes in pencil, sometimes in charcoal. I like charcoal because it's faster. And then I do an underpainting. Um, and I like to use interesting colors in my underpainting. So like orange or blue. Mm -hmm. um, so will you like a brown, but I usually, I like the color from the underpainting kind of poking through. Mm -hmm. Do you fun. tone the canvas or do you actually do a value study with the underpaint? I do a value study. With okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. And then um, I just paint on top of that. So it, I find it easier once I have the values and the color doesn't matter. Like you can mm -hmm. put whatever color you want. You can change it completely. As long as the value is right, then it's going to look right. Hmm. Nice. Sounds like a teacher. So your portraits, um, I'm especially drawn to your portraits. They're just, Thank you. just lovely. And do you have, do you have people sit for you when you do them? I have had people sit for me, but because of COVID, I wasn't able to yeah. do that. So I was using mostly 
photo reference and things like that. Um, but what I would normally do is um, have someone sit for me, um, draw them. Sometimes I paint, like do a, a sketch with painting, but um, I would draw them either charcoal or paint and then take some photos and then go into my studio and, mm -hmm. and work from that. And what size do you paint when you do your portrait? Um, I like the portraits to be 18 by 24 or larger. Wow, you go big. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes I do small ones. <clears throat> um, like if I'm just doing like a one day little thing, then I'll do like a smaller one. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I have all kinds of, I don't have like a, a lot of artists have a particular size that they always use, uh, they'll always use whatever kind of format. I like to try different things. I would like get the really thin, long canvases or square mm -hmm. canvas. Um, I like to play around with the size. The only reason I sometimes will get into a standardized size is because I've usually bought some frames and I'm damned yeah. if I'm not gonna use them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've got a bunch of, you know, 16 by 20s. Gonna use them, yeah. I'm yeah. gonna find some 16 by 20s to use, but I think <laughs> that's the only thing. It's it's interesting because I think, well, obviously, plein air painting, you're gonna go smaller because you're trying to get a lot of information quickly. Right. Um, but almost every artist I know will expand their the size of their studio canvases, and it's it's such a trip because, you know, you can be used to, let's say, a, a plein air painting, you'll finish in the day, maybe touch up in your studio, and then it's, it's kind of done. Right. And a smaller painting, like a portrait, you know, it'll take the course of however many times it takes to get it, and then you finish it up and it's done. But then everybody starts tackling these big jobs. And I find the interesting thing well, it's physically, right? When you go really big, it's exhausting. It is. You're actually moving. Yeah, all of that. it is definitely exhausting. But to sustain your interest is, I think, one of the hardest yes. things, right? I agree, because I get bored very easily. I think that's probably, too, why I like acrylic, because it's quick yeah. and um, can be done. Are you using so I don't want to go back to, I don't want to be working on a painting for months. Yeah. Yeah, like yeah, I yeah. really don't. I do not. <laughs> Robin, do you have any, do you have galleries that are representing you in the area? No, yeah. I actually saw this, I, I entered this contest and it was uh, a gallery in, I believe it's in LA. It's like in California somewhere. And so I got into that and I have, I have to talk or, you know, Zoom meet with. Oh me. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, that's really the only. That'll be fun. Yeah. So I'll see, I'll see how that goes. That's, you know, the reason I asked is because so often when someone's working with, particularly if it's like one gallery that they're kind of tied to, mm -hmm. um, there's an expectation that you'll supply them with your paintings. I mean, right. they've got to pay their rent too, and, and yeah. you've got to paint. And I find, I was wondering, so you're free of that, at least yeah. so far. Yeah, I'm free of that so far. I've heard different things gallery. like it's good. good to be, you know, um, associated with the gallery and it's heard other people say it's not in this day and age. Everything is done online now. You don't need to have a gallery. So it's, you know, so say whatever, works for you. whatever works for you, right? Whatever. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. 
So what are your plans right now to kind of cultivate that collector base? Are you going to go social media? What are you thinking? Yeah, so I mostly I'm on social media. I've been working on, you know, getting more, um, what is it called? What's the word? What do you, uh, not likes. Uh, well, more followers. Followers. Thank you. That's the word. I'm just going to say members. I'm like, not members. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Although that would be great. <laughs> followers. Thank yeah. you. So I, um, working on that, I, you know, putting my art out there. Um, and I've gotten so far good responses. And um, so I'm just going to continue with that. I'm putting together um, some class. I actually made a video of my, myself painting this with my whole process. Oh. So I'm working on getting that together and, and putting together some sort of like webinar or workshop or you know sure. some, something along those lines because I do like teaching um I just want to do it on my own terms right in the way I want to do it that. so that's what I'm working on I'm also um writing a, a book it's um like a, for beginning drawing uh so mm -hmm. I've been working on that and yeah good so that's you have really I see it. It's happening. <laughs> What's your favorite social media? My favorite social media? Mm -hmm. That's easy uh, for you to use. The easiest one. Oh, website, uh, you get, you know, the website. That's, I yeah, I like, I have a website. Blogging and all that. Yeah, I, I have a website. Um, I have Instagram. I think yeah. Instagram is the easiest. It's, you know, uh, fast. Friendly. Yeah, it's fast. Sure. Yeah, and everybody's on it, and okay. you know, so the only thing is, you know, you you have to have images that make people stop, right? For sure, scrolling. So that's like the, the trick, right? To to get people to actually look at your stuff. <laughs> and you know, all of the uh, research shows that people are scrolling less, and that it's actually your stories that will drive mm -hmm. people yeah. both to your to your regular Instagram feed, but I would think for you, particularly if you start to do um, these little videos and things, you know, how great to attach that to maybe a, a really yeah. short, like a wordless blog. That's yeah. my quest. Yeah. I want a wordless blog. Yeah. I want to go there and see what I want to see, but I really don't need to hear about what a beautiful day it was and how they sat right. at the kitchen window. Yeah, before yeah. sometimes it's a little wordy. <laughs> It's like the recipes. I love getting recipes online. And there's always this long story. Yes. You just recipe. scroll to the bottom. I just scroll, scroll to the recipe. I'm like, you don't need to write all that. You know, Nobody just tell me it. it's delicious and my kids loved it. And it's, you know, everyone's going to love, love this if you cook, the, cook it for them. And and, give and by the way, tell me how long the whole thing takes. Yeah. Because yeah, if I've got long. Yes. Minutes, I'd like That's to know. It. Done. I don't I'm need to you. know your childhood. <laughs> I think we're on to something here. I think we should start a movement. The, the wordless blog. Wordless Just go blog. You'll get what you need. Yeah. I'll show you what I'm talking about. No uh, chitty chat. There's yeah. some great classes out there that, you know, supposedly teach you how to use Instagram more efficiently, and in particular as an artist. Right. So, yeah, I, I actually have taken some of those um, – okay workshops and things and um like a lot of marketing type things and they are helpful 
Okay. They definitely are helpful. Some of them more helpful than others. <laughs> I agree. Are yeah. you going to plan to, you know, as you go forward, are you planning to do, some artists do this, they take one day a week and that's their, you know, office day. They keep the office hours so they're not, you know, working on their blog. Yeah, I mean, I really should because I find myself trying to balance all these things and it's really hard. Yeah. Like nobody tells you, like, if you're going to be an artist, it's not just being in your studio all day painting. There's so much more to it than that, right? You have to well, keep her, you know, schedule. I have to tell you, I've interviewed many, many, many artists and there are things that are truisms. Number one, if, if they're willing to open up to you, what they'll tell you is if they are managing their social media and correspondence to galleries, all of that, mm -hmm. it's more than 40% of their week. Oh, yeah. Like that's, that's just the straight up truth. One day a week, 20%, not going to do it. Yeah. So it's like, and they say, the other thing, this is interesting, is almost down to an individual successful artists have told me that they begin their day with some form of exercise. Yeah. Um, I just exercise before this. Yeah. <laughs> whether it's like a class, whether it's, um, I remember Tim Horn, who's a wonderful artist in the Northwest, Pacific Northwest. And he said, oh, well, I take my son to school every day. We ride our bikes and then he goes to school and he said, and then I do like a 10 mile ride and I end up back at my studio where I paint for the day. But it's like, and then uh, Connie Hayes up in Maine, she said, oh, every morning I start with yoga. Mm -hmm. And I just thought, you know, this is other people swim, other people go for, you know, whatever. And you think th this isn't um, by accident, you know, being in your studio, while we've talked about how physical those big paintings are, there's still a whole lot of like, in the moment, in the, on the canvas, you know, where you're focused. So I loved that idea. But when they talk about their social media and their answering emails and their correspondence with galleries or collectors, it's always at least 40%. So mm -hmm. I think we all need to just accept either that we're not willing to give the 40% and it's okay if our social media isn't tip top or just feel okay about spending that time because that's yeah. what it takes. It's part it, of the it job. Does, it does I'm take sure you... a lot. <laughs> like when I first, you know, I, I um, really just started the social media part, maybe, I don't know, it's been a couple of years, I guess. Mm -hmm. And really just ramped it up only recently. And it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. And I was like, wow, I'm doing this as much as I am painting. <laughs> so Robin, what, what are you looking forward to in the future? Like what, is there a project that you'd love to tackle? You know, something you've never done or something you want to try um, out for the first time? I don't know. I mean, I, I've, I've done a lot of different things because I'm, uh, I'm an art teacher in middle school. So I've done just about every medium you can think about. Um, we, had a, we had a kiln, so we did ceramics, um, you know, painting, drawing, printmaking. I love printmaking. I do too. Yeah, I really do love printmaking. I wouldn't mind doing something like large scale with printmaking. There's a person on Instagram, an artist, and I can't remember her name right now, 
she's a printmaker and she makes these beautiful, they're huge, right? Because you always think of printmaking as like small, you know, piece of paper. But these are like huge, giant, I want to say she does lino cut and then there's some mixed media and they're, they're gorgeous. So I've always liked lino cut. Um, yeah. So have I. Yeah. Kind of um, like streamlines the process in the sense that you're, and plus I love, I actually love the exercise of thinking in reverse. Yeah, it does. It makes you think differently. And that's, that was fun to teach. I bet. Especially yeah. to middle schoolers. Yeah, it was, it was, a, it was a struggle. But once they got it, it was like, you gotta, you know, because when you have to teach something, you have to think about it yourself and, and like, how am I going to explain this? Yeah. It makes you, you know, I don't know. It makes you know more about that subject or, yeah. yeah. So who, who are your favorite artists to look at besides your printmaker? Like, do you have anybody um, that really inspires you or who you check every day? Cause you want to see what they're doing? Yeah. Um, I, I will, I love Paul Goodnight's mm-hmm. stuff. He's awesome. Um, Amy Sherald, I think is pretty cool. I follow her on, on, uh, Instagram. Okay. I'm going to look for her. Um, who else do I, do I kind of follow? Like, or in a museum, I always think like, Oh, well, my favorite, you one, of my, one of my favorite artists is Wayne Tebow. Oh God, me too. I'm obsessed with him. (laughs) I love that man. His his color palette and the way he layers paint is just, I just want to look at his canvases. (laughs) They look like, they look yummy. Yeah. Yeah. And you want to like, it's so much fun to get to see them and like get up close, like really lean in and see what's happening. Yeah. I love Frida Kahlo. Oh, wow. And there's the color for you, that hot color. Oh, yeah. I love Frida. Huh? Who? Frida Kahlo. Oh, Frida Kahlo. Yeah. Yeah. I love her. I love her story. I really um, related to her story when I was sick and how she painted when she had her accident and, you know, and um, she had issues with her leg when she was younger and she had to be in bed, so she would paint. And it's just, I was like, yeah, I totally get it. Totally resonate with that, you know? Yeah, that's cool. She had a rough, rough life. We went to a show in Mexico once where um, all of these artists had painted Frida Kahlo. And of course, Mexican art tends to be so much fuller in color. You know, I just- Yeah, and that's how I paint. I love color. I I love love going down there. The art is just, it's amazing. And it was such a- an amazing show I of the interpretations you know of Frida Kahlo were amazing but always recognizable by the unibrow <laughs> oh yeah, yeah oh yeah oh I know who that is <laughs> yeah yeah it was really did great. you get to go to um oh, what is the blue house in Mexico that where she her house where she no, lived no. no oh I would love to go there no I don't even know where what what region that's even I don't know I don't know the region I got to, um, uh, you know, uh, going to an artist's house. I got to see George O'Keefe's house. Mm. Pretty cool. When I was at Lesley University, um, we went on a a trip. It was like a, it was a class, um, but it was in New Mexico. And it was for, it's a week or two weeks. I I think it was a week. 
and um, it was awesome. We stayed at the Ghost Ranch where she painted, oh, yeah. and it was mm-hmm. it was so good that I took it twice. I went <laughs> I went twice. I want to go back. Yeah, it I got all special like permission to use the credits oh. uh, and, and and go twice. Wow, yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, it is. It was awesome. So going forward, what do you what is success for you as an artist now? And do you think it'll change? Uh, I'm sure it'll change over time. Because right now, I, you know, I consider myself an emerging artist. So I'm just, yeah. you know, trying to get my work out there. And um, I think success for me now is to be able to have my art, um, you know, sustain my financial <laughs> or your art habit we know yeah, exactly and, you know to be able to to um do my art and make money from my art so that I don't have to have any other kind of side gig you know yeah. specifically teaching or whatever um that right now would be success for me so I have my website and I sell um prints of my paintings you can also like also sell the the originals um so i'm trying to do that like you know doing the whole um selling prints um putting images my images on uh, notebooks and things like that and seeing how that goes um so and and what is your website tell us that it's um robin thompson duong.com and it's R-O-B-Y-N, yep, T-H-O-M-P-S-O-N, and then Duong is D-U-O-N-G. Okay, and that would be the same for Insta for people to find you. Mm-hmm. Yep. Great, and, and in parting, it's always fun to get these stories, and you might have, you might have several. Uh, flat air stories are always fun. Do you have a fun one, uh, or teaching? The funniest? Uh, uh, funniest story. So I have kind of a funny one um, that it's not really uh, a teaching or paint, not my painting anyways, but it's funny. So I, I, um, <clears throat> a, many, many moons ago, <laughs> um, I, was approached, <laughs> I was approached by uh, someone from North River Arts Association. They do, uh, they were doing classes and um, they needed someone to sit for a portrait class. It wasn't really a class. It was more like a, just a session. And mm-hmm. so I said, sure. And they, they paid me and I sat and um, it gave me an appreciation for, for mm-hmm. models sitting that long. And, and oh, it was, I was just sitting still and I was in pain. I was like, this is horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but I did it and got to see um, how it's interesting to see like how other people interpret the way you look you know you see yourself a certain way and then you see how other people paint you like oh wow really that's what I look like <laughs> okay so um so I did that and then you know kind of forgot about it and sometime later they do this um uh focus on figures annual focus on figures show mm-hmm. it's a juried show at the, the North River Arts Association. So I went, and sometimes I put things in it. I, sometimes I, you know, um, and I, I can't remember if I had a piece in at this, at, 
this particular show, but I was there and I'm walking around looking at the art and then all of a sudden I'm like, hey, she looks familiar. And I'm like, oh, like that's me. <laughs> it was me. And I was like, oh my God. It was like, and it was really cool. And, and I took a picture of it. Um, and I just thought that was so cool. And then I, I bumped into the, uh, another artist who was painting me and he was like, oh yeah, it, that painting I did of you sold. And I was like, oh wow. I was like, that's so cool. It's so weird <laughs> and kind of cool and funny that my portrait is like hanging somewhere that I have no idea where, where like on someone's wall. <laughs> <laughs> I hope they invite you to dinner some night. Right. Unbeknownst to you. Yeah. It's like, I run into them so that's great. Oh my goodness. Mm -hmm. Very good. <laughs> They'll run into you someday for sure in public and say, hey. I how do I know yeah. you? I'm sure we've yeah, met. That, wouldn't that be funny? You look, you look so very familiar. familiar. <laughs> <laughs> and then you can back away like, I'm sorry, sir. I've never seen you before in my life. <laughs> oh. Oh, Is there anything else you want to share before we wind it down? Is no, just that, um, you know, it was really nice talking with you and, and I love being able to talk art with people. I don't get to do that very often with other adults. Yeah. You know, I teach, I do, but... Um, that yeah. will change more and more as you go ahead. Yeah. But yeah, seriously, and you are practically in my backyard. You, you're familiar enough with Milton. If you're Oh, yes, I know Milton it, very well. Give a shout. If you're ever in SOA, I have a studio, give a shout. Oh, okay, cool. Yeah, I love so. I, I I love to take my kids and my husband. We go and check out the studios. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that would be very cool. Sure. All right. Well, good luck. Good luck with the rest of your vacation. Yes. Thank you. And, uh, <laughs> the other thing is, of course, good luck with that studio. It sounds like it's going to be fun. Yeah. 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 I can't wait to be able to like invite people and, you know, even maybe have classes there. And yeah. it's just an awesome space. Great. Keep us updated on that on Instagram. Yeah, I will. All right. Thank you. Thanks, Thank Robin. You. Okay, back to the beach. <laughs> <laughs> if you found inspiration from today's show, make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and share it with a friend or two on social media. Also, take a moment to write a quick review on iTunes or share your takeaways from today's show on artistsofnewengland.com under today's episode. And while you're there, you'll find links to the topics mentioned in today's show. And don't forget to peruse the growing library of podcasts and resources. Thanks for listening. You got beauty to share with the world that no other human has. So get in the ring and pick up that brush. <laughs>